This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Welcome to Dishy Mix. I'm your host, Susan Bratton. And on today's show, I have a really special treat for you. I am going to introduce you to a friend of mine. He's an online friend of mine. We've never met in person, but he feels like a longtime friend because Chef Keith Snow is a fellow podcaster. He's a vidcaster. And he runs a company called Harvest Eating. And his focus is on seasonal cooking, teaching us how to eat and cook with local fresh, seasonal ingredients. And he is, he's a farmer, he's a cook, he's amazing, and he does a really good job leveraging media, social media, and uh, he's always involved in the latest technologies, including things like Roku and iPhone apps. So we're going to talk about how a regular guy, a daddy, a husband, a cook can create his own online brand and how he's doing that. Really happy to have you on the show. Keith, welcome. Thank you so much, Susan. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's super fun. So (laughs) why don't you give my Dishy Mix listeners an overview of your business and your brand that you're building online? Sure. Well, harvesteating.com is where uh, it's kind of the nerve center of what I do. And basically, it's a it's a website that's evolved over time. Um, initially, it was just a text-only website where I shared recipes with parents that were trying to, uh, you know, feed their children healthy food. But it's it's evolved, and in 2006, we started shooting video, and we got real busy, and we've produced over 300 videos, and they're on the website, and we've got. Uh, lots and lots of members from all over the world and a really big mailing list. And people go to the site because we categorize our videos and recipes in a lot of uh, ways that help folks find things quickly. And the main ones would be seasonally, like uh, spring, summer, fall, winter. And then we do um, we tag stuff like zucchini recipes and chicken breast recipes. We definitely look at what keywords people search. And we make it easy for people to find my content. And so they go there and, and they, let's say they've got a basket from a CSA. A lot of people are into seasonal foods and local foods and they join the CSA. Explain what a CSA a, is, Keith. It's, it's a community sustainable agriculture is what it uh, stands for. And you go to a farmer and they're, they're all over. There's thousands of them out in the country. And you take part in the harvest. So you pay them either a monthly fee or upfront. Let's just say you paid them $500 for the season. That helps the small farmer get their inputs and their crops and stuff in the ground. And then as the harvest commences, you and the other members of the CSA would get a basket weekly. And uh, what happens is a lot of times these farmers are growing some very interesting things, not your, just your typical, you know, broccoli and carrots. They're, you know, wonderful different beets and all types of greens and heirloom tomatoes and a lot of beautiful fresh foods. But a lot of folks that are new to this, and that's one of the great things about it is a lot of new folks coming into the market. They don't know what to do with this food, so they go online. And that's really what helped HarvestEating.com grow so fast is people doing searches 
for ingredients and then finding our recipes and videos that uh, that serve those people with ideas and uh, they can see me make it right there in a video and then they can uh, print off a recipe, they can share it on Facebook. So that's basically what Harvest Eating is and it's, it's really taken off for me since 2006. 2006. So you've been doing this for a good solid five years. And every time I come to your site, it's like you've added a whole new category of capabilities. You started off as a podcaster and a blogger. And then you added video. Now you're coming out with an iPhone app. And you are going on to the Roku box. And you have a new membership service, right? You have a, a membership service. Absolutely. And don't forget the Harvest Eating Cookbook, which um, (laughs) was published in 2009 uh, through um, a publisher called Running Press. They do a lot of cookbooks. So I've got a really big book uh, out in the marketplace. And actually right now I'm I'm, uh, recording this interview in uh, Jacksonville, Florida at the uh, Barnes & Noble. And uh, I see my cookbook over on the shelf here. So that's uh, that's another way that, that I get out there quite a bit. But yeah, we try to stay up on all the technology and, and it's worked out very well for us. One of the things I'll mention is um, when YouTube was first starting their partner program, um, they had contacted us and, and they, they liked the quality of my videos. I had put some videos up on YouTube and then they said, hey, we're coming out with this partnership program and you can be you know, a channel partner and all this. And uh, so we, we said, sure, we'll, we'll sign up. And we were one of the first, I think, 100 channels on YouTube. And uh, we started publishing lots and lots of content up on YouTube. And that's really taken off. I think we've got about 10,000 subscribers to that content. So we've always tried to stay, um, you know, maybe not in front of the market, but at least everywhere people are, we try to have a presence. And you had mentioned the iPhone app. I've, you know, ever since I got my iPhone in 2007, I thought, boy, it would be cool to have an app. Um, and we're just about coming out with it. It was submitted to the uh, to, to Apple, I think, about three days ago. So we're we're expecting expecting it to be available uh, August 15th, and we're going to have a free version, and then folks can upgrade. I think for a dollar ninety nine to get the full version, where there'll be about 300 videos and all the recipes and content available. So that's um, that's really exciting. And then there's a Roku channel. Are you familiar with Roku? Well, I know Roku has a box that you can get from Netflix. That's kind of like, that's that's the sum total of my knowledge. So could you explain it to all of us? Sure. It's IPTV, Internet Protocol Television. And just like Netflix, how it's taken off so much because people, you know, literally if they've got an internet connection, they, they don't need to pay the cable bill or the satellite uh, every month. And uh, Roku's come out, you know, I think within the last year and a half. And, and the Roku box, it's similar to a boxy, but you just plug it in and it's, uh, it's wireless. And then you can choose, you do get Netflix on the Roku box. And then there's lots and lots of other uh, great content on there. Everything from news to sports to talk. You can listen to podcasts on there. There's uh, documentaries and all types of movies. And then starting in about uh, a week or so, there'll be a a premium harvest eating channel. And uh, our plans and goals for that, again, are to really get people interested in seasonal cooking. And and what we found, you know, nowadays with the Internet, everything is so immediate. And people don't have a lot of time. You're a busy woman. You know that come 3 o'clock, I know you have a daughter, all of a sudden uh, that it pops into your mind, oh boy, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? So 
studies have shown that most people, I think it's like over 80% of the people figure out what they're going to eat uh, that night at three o'clock or after. So it's, it's usually a very quick thing and they jump on the internet and they're looking for recipes. So what we're going to do with Roku is continue to put out and publish new seasonal content. So this time of year, we're in August, somebody jumps on the Roku and they can go to the Harvest Eating channel, What's New? And they're going to see me um, cooking with all of the foods that are in season now, like we had a video shoot the other day and we shot a corn recipe, we shot a summer squash recipe, we did some blueberries so and some tomatoes. So we'll be always coming out with new seasonal content and we always use local foods. That's a big push for us is to buy from CSAs, farmers markets or uh, out of your own garden. You mentioned I'm a gardener. So a lot of times when we're shooting, we, we bring the food right in from the garden but making the content available to people um, that's seasonal and can use the things that they probably have access to right there and then, that's the goal for the Roku channel. So we're going to be in production um, one week a month um, and shooting you know, new content for a solid week, and then we'd be posting it throughout the month. That way the channel is very fresh. And what's interesting is there's no other chefs. I'm the only chef that they see, and people come to know me and you know they they, uh, they enjoy my style I'm not uh, I'm not a uh, an attitude driven chef I don't have a big ego I don't wear a white chef's coat and that's done on purpose because I want people to feel like they can do it because oftentimes when someone goes on and they goes online and they see a video and, and all of a sudden there's a, a chef with a white coat right away there's a invisible wall that goes up and they say well you know he's a chef I can't do this but I keep it very simple and engaging, and I try not to intimidate people um, because chefs tend to be very competitive. Um, and, and for me, there's there's no competition with my viewers. I'm trying to help them eat better and definitely take advantage of seasonal and local foods. I have so many questions I want to ask. One of the first ones is just how many how many people or what kind of people, who is your market segment? Who's thinking in their mind, I want to cook local, sustainable, seasonal recipes? Is that 1% of the market? And who are those trendsetters? No, it's actually a lot more than that. And, you know, our our target is, is about 30 and, and the number starting to get um, starting to become a younger audience, but it's anywhere from about uh, 28, 30 to uh, even as, as old as 60 and 65-year-olds. We have a lot of folks that are in their um, mid, mid to upper 40s, early 50s, and they are um, trying to get a hold of their eating. Like they, you know, a lot of these folks have um, come to the point in life where they have high income and they're able to, to vacation a lot and go to a lot of restaurants. And what they're finding is uh, a lot of pounds get packed on and the kids are out of the house so they're not necessarily cooking every night at home so they tend to go out a lot and that demographic is really starting to go back to the local foods and you know definitely with the economy doing what it's doing people are looking to buy local to go to farmers markets and these folks are getting into to local foods and seasonal cooking and, and the thing that's great about seasonal cooking is if you're if you're seasonal cooking you're doing it with local foods because that's that's what you get in your area and that's that's why it's so important for me to have new content for these folks and I mean people can go and look at all 300 videos they can surely make things that are out of season using our resources but we try to point them and uh, put the stuff right up 
in the front that's in season, but it's a growing market. And, you know, we haven't done extreme demographic studies or anything, but um, from what we have done, it, it's about, let's say, 30 to 55 is, is the real sweet spot. And the numbers, boy, it's, it's huge. It's getting bigger every day. I just looked at a map yesterday of farmers markets, and they were, they were little, uh, like little red uh, pegs on the map, and the United States is virtually covered with them. There are just thousands and thousands of farmers markets. So every one of those people are potentially... Uh, someone that could use my content. Do you hope someday that your brand will be acquired by a larger brand like uh, Cooks Illustrated or an Epicurious or something else like that? You know, I, I it's always been in the back of my mind. When I think about that right away, the, the first thing that pops into my mind is, is uh, not the money, is but I don't want to stop doing this. You know, I, I would maybe consider that as long as I could continue this journey and stay with my audience because I've, I've developed a very tight relationship with my audience. And uh, it's funny you say that because just yesterday I, I was, uh, I get Google alerts and uh, one of the, the alerts was about um, a YouTube channel that um, allrecipes.com, which is a massive recipe site. It's owned by Reader's Digest. They recently purchased a YouTube channel and it's a chef that's got about a hundred videos and they didn't disclose the purchase price. But uh, they acquired the channel. I think it's one of the first food channels ever purchased by an outside company. And this particular chef is going to still um, create recipes and videos and stuff. And then uh, they're going to keep the channel up. And then all of his stuff will, will also be syndicated onto allrecipes.com. But, yeah, when I saw that and I read that, I thought, wow. I mean, I've uh, that gentleman had about 1,800 subscribers. I, I think I'm over 10,000 now. And, um, I've got, you know, close to, I don't know, four or five million video views. So maybe at some point I will be uh, a target for somebody to, um, to acquire. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, somebody like a Rodale or a Reader's Digest or a Cook's Illustrated could be a really nice fit for you. What are some of the foods, the local seasonal foods that you think are the unsung heroes of the food world, of the fresh food world, things that people don't cook because they don't know how, and if they knew how, would be so simple? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's also a challenging question, but you know, you have the typical, um, you know, the big ones, I call it. Every season, you've got your, your major items, like summer, zucchini, tomatoes, basil, corn, you know, bell peppers. Those are very standard. Uh, people are fairly used to those. Then you've got the fall. You've got butternut squash, and apples come into season, and greens and broccoli. So every season has its own you know, big harvest. But what I'm doing is trying to introduce people to uh, a lot more produce because the more things they know how to cook, and because I mentioned with that CSA basket, oftentimes you get that CSA basket and there's going to be beets in there with the greens on them. There's going to be, you know, a rubber band around a big thing of uh, kale or collard greens or, you know, kohlrabi or, or different things like that, fingerling potatoes. Most people are used to just russet potatoes. All of a sudden, they get these little fingerling potatoes and then different herbs. Um, all that, like uh, another thing would be artichokes. You know, a lot of folks just see them in the jar. All of a sudden, there's a fresh artichoke. So I tried to do something with all the majors, the big ones, but then I definitely delve into um, some of these new things like i'll give you a great example i have a one of the most popular recipes in my cookbook and on the 
um, the website is a harvest eating, I think we call it a fall lasagna. And uh, this is a lasagna that's, that's very interesting because it has no tomato sauce. And what it has is a white sauce, a couple of interesting cheeses like Gruyere, and it also has uh, mozzarella, which is a standard cheese. But then inside of it, there's no meat. But what you'll find are um, butternut squash, you'll find leeks, you'll find kale, and these make up a very interesting lasagna. I mean, people would never really uh, think of putting leeks and kale and butternut squash and layer it with a you know, a cheesy white sauce, but that's what I've done with that particular recipe. And, and I'll be honest, when people read it, they're like, oh, kale or, you know, collard greens. I, I don't know. There's no, where's the, where's the beef or where's the tomato sauce? But when they make it, they love it. Like even my own mom, who's, um, she's Sicilian. When she saw the recipe, she, you know, thumbed her nose up at it. But when I made it, she didn't say a word at the table and she had seconds. So those are the type of foods that I try to make exciting for people. Uh, I love it. Well, it all sounded delicious to me. And I cook everything you said. <laughs> That's great. So I do love the local stuff. You know, we're really lucky where we live in Los Altos. We have um, farmers markets in the three towns next to us We ha- and our own town. We have uh, Demartini Orchard and it sources all local organic foods in season. Both my grocery stores, Drager's and Andronico's, have massive organic selections of beautiful foods. And so we're, you know, we're steeped in it here. It's just the way that we eat in California, in Northern California, just go to our grocery store and it's full of organic food. We don't even need a CSA, you know, because it's just all here. I mean, my, my next door neighbor raises goats and gives me fresh goat cheese, you know. Wow. (laughs) So it's even right here in the heart of Silicon Valley, there's just a massive movement toward all of that fresh, delicious food. So it's funny for me to actually hear you with the perspective of, you know, they've not seen an artichoke since, uh, except in a jar, you know, and I've got two artichokes sitting downstairs that I've got to steam tonight because they're ready to go. You know, it's... (laughs) That's it's, awesome. It is uh, absolutely a delicious pleasure to cook local sustainable foods. Um, the the thing that I think is the pivot point for you in your business is your uh, your conversion rate on memberships. Now, you're giving a gift away today to a Dishy Mix listener. I want you to talk about what you're going to give to one Dishy Mix listener the way that my Dishy Mix listeners pretty much, unless you're brand new, you know that the way you get an opportunity to win this free, delicious, wonderful thing we're going to give you is that you go to the Facebook page, Dishy Mix, and you post your desire. And uh, Keith and I will pick our favorite post and you'll win what he's about to tell you. But I want you to tell us about all of your membership options because I want, we're marketers and we're in, you know, this isn't a sales pitch. This is how did you come up with these membership tiers? Why did you price them the way you did? And what's your strategy behind it? Which ones are selling well? And what is the biggest limiting factor for you? Could it be knowledge? Could it be, you know, whatever it is for you to get more conversions? Because this is how you make your money in your business. So just tell us the story of that whole, you know, that whole piece of your world, if you will, in any way you'd like to. Sure. And that, that's, a, that's a great question. And what's interesting with that is a few years ago, I had, um, I had a partner in the business and um, we didn't charge at all at that point. You know, everything was free. And, you know, everyone at some point, if you're going to stay in business on the internet, 
you, you come across that dirty word called monetization. And if, if you've got, you know, big, uh, deep pockets in Silicon Valley that are funding you, you know, um, what, what do they call those guys? Uh, venture <laughs> capitalists. Venture capitalists. <laughs> You're if so you've got, funny. Yeah. Farmer Keith, here we go. <laughs> right, yeah, what are those venture guys? What are those VC people? Yeah, the ones with the deep pockets. If you've got those guys funding your website, you know, a lot of times you can do your thing for years and years before you come up with uh, your monetization plan. But being a smaller company, we needed to uh, figure it out a little sooner. And we went several years, three or four years, without even thinking about it. My, my goal was to get the content out there and develop the audience before we thought about the money. But what I had said years ago was, why don't we – Give the folks the videos, let them see the food, let them see my style, let them see how I cook, and then if they like what they see, they're going to want the recipe. Because look at the cookbook industry. While we know, you know that side of, of uh, media is slowly dying out you know, with e-books and all that, people always want the recipe. It's a crush. So I said, why don't we just charge for the recipes and give everything else away? And I, I came up with a lot of resistance from uh, my partner who was supposedly a marketing expert, and he would say things like, you can get free recipes anywhere. Why would they buy your recipes? No one's going to pay for your recipes. And this is what the mantra was going forward. And eventually, um, that partner went away, which was a good thing. And then I, I said, you know what? I know people want my recipes because you know, recipes are not recipes. Like w with music, you've got Beethoven and you've got Guns N' Roses. They're both music, but they're totally different. And my style of cooking, you're not going to find ingredient lists that have 20 items in them. You're not going to find, you know, 15 or 18 steps. The stuff tends to be very easy. It features a lot of local fresh food, but it's homey, and a lot of it is comfort food. It's food that people can understand. So my recipes and my style is much different. And let's face it, you can't duplicate me. I'm, I'm the only Keith Snow out there. I'm the only Chef Keith Snow out there. So if you want my stuff, you know, you have to come to the, to the website and get it. So what we decided to do was come up with some tiers of membership. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, we didn't, you know, we didn't do any market research. I mean, we looked at what some other people might have been charging and, and uh, you know, I tried to take into consideration what the economy was doing. But what ultimately we came up with was three plans, a monthly plan, um, and that's $7.99 a month. We have an annual plan, which is um, $79, and then we have a lifetime plan. And that was, the lifetime plan was, oh, heck, I'll, I'll put it on there. No one's going to buy it, but that's $199. And so what I did initially, I just had those plans, and there wasn't anything that went with them. And then, you know, I just felt bad because it's digital content, and, you know, once I put it up there, you know, it's, it doesn't cost a lot of money to um, provide it to people, you know, via the web. So I said, why don't I give folks something for that, for their money? And, and you and I just talked about giving away a lifetime membership. What that is, it's going to be unlimited lifetime access to the members-only section of the website, and then we ship you a box of goodies. And I've got a line of pasta sauces that I've put together. They're called Thoughtful Harvest. And I believe I sent you a jar, so you, you can rave about you it You sure did. <laughs> the, uh, the interesting thing with, with that brand is, you know, with my whole local and seasonal, I went out and found all of the suppliers and all of the, the purveyors, and they're small family farms and small artisan producers, and I sourced all of the ingredients 
and then uh, the, the sauces are manufactured with me sitting right there at the kettle. And what we do is we, we have three flavors of Thoughtful Harvest. We give folks that get the lifetime package one 26-ounce one, uh, jar of each flavor, and then we've got a line of around eight 100% organic harvest-eating spice blends. And these things, Susan, are incredible. I use them uh, every day in my own kitchen. I'm on vacation right now, and we've got them with us. That's how attached we are. So we give three bags of those away in that package. We give a harvest-eating T-shirt away. We give a copy of my ebook, which is uh, about 250 pages. We give that away. And then we give some, some promotional items like a, a bumper sticker, you know, the, the uh, proverbial fridge magnet that you have to have. And then we also have um, a really nice harvest eating coffee cup. So folks, they get the lifetime subscription. They can instantly get on the web and start looking at our recipes and downloading them. Then in a few days, they get this box that really cements the whole thing together and they can taste the food and they can get their t-shirt and their cup and, uh, you know, the, the ebook and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we do for the lifetime, and then the annual plan and the the uh, monthly plan are similar, and they just have a little less stuff. But since we started to give away some uh, some goodies or premiums, whatever you want to call it, it's really exploded for us, and and people are you know they're buying these plans, and then they're saying, wow, it's such a great value. We love the foods, and I mean, a guy emailed me today, and he's so happy to have his harvest eating T-shirt on. And I mentioned that lifetime plan, $199. That is far and away the most popular plan we have. And that was a total surprise to me. I it's never a surprise thought, to me, too. I would have thought yeah. it would have been the annual premium membership, the one in the middle. That's what most people pick, huh? But me they too. don't. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, they don't. It's probably 80% are uh, lifetime memberships. And it's, you know, it's great for us, um, and it's great for the for the the viewer and the customer because they get a box of goodies and they get their their membership. So that's generally how we've monetized um, on the website. We also we sell all of those products in our store as well. And we, you know, we we I didn't want to just add things. You know, I'm not the type of guy that wants to push like uh, Pampered Chef. You know, things like that. If I don't use it, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just don't use that kind of stuff, so I'm not going to push it on people. And in the store, you're going to find things that I use every day, those pasta sauces, those spices. Um, you know, you'll get the T-shirts, things like that. Um, and then we're adding products all the time, like we're coming out with our own Thoughtful Harvest um, Extra Virgin Olive Oil. And what's interesting about that, it comes out of California, and it's grown um, harvested and pressed on one farm, so it's totally natural. There's no uh, stuff in it. There's no a lot of olive oil. About 60% of the olive oil out there is is cut. It's a very uh, kind of disgusting industry because a lot of the brands out there will add canola oil or they'll add other cheap nut oils in there. So it's not pure olive oil. But that's uh, another product that we're coming out with, and you know we'll add things to the store that make sense. That I, that I would use every day, that I believe in, and that I think would be a good value for people. But the e-commerce has definitely picked up as well. And uh, those are the ways that we monetize. And, of course, we do things. Um, we've got a little, some advertising on the website, and, and that pays a good uh, monthly fee. You know, And we have the YouTube channel, and they, they sell ads against our content. So we have several of those situations out there that, that uh, bring in revenue too. 
Well, thank you so much for giving one of our Dishy Mix listeners one of your lifetime premium memberships. I really appreciate that. I just want to remind you that if you want to have Chef Keith Snow's Harvest Eating Lifetime Membership, you have to go to Dishy Mix to the Facebook fan page. Just find Dishy Mix and uh, post your desire and uh, Keith and I will pick our favorite and you will get access. So how do you, I really feel like your brand is a very aspirational lifestyle brand. And I think that there are a lot of possibilities for you for partnerships and joint venture relationships. Have you done anything? You said your, your mailing list is now what, 10,000 10, followers or something like that? Oh, yeah, more than that, almost 20,000. Almost 20,000. Have you thought about or seen other brands that you'd like to partner with? Have you thought about extending yourself that way? You are oriented, Keith, toward extending yourself on platforms, taking your brand and putting it in a lot of places, Roku, iPhone, YouTube, your website, Facebook, Twitter. You're a content producer and you like to distribute your content. But I also think that there are some, some ways that you could reach that, like the people who read Ode magazine, the people who read, you know, there's like, there's like this mentality. There's a psychographic profile of your customer, your prospect. And there are other brands out there that you could potentially align with. I don't know if you've ever seen the, there's a business consortium. I, I became aware of it through Get Satisfaction. I've had Wendy Lee on the, on the show and, uh, Batch Book, which is, um, is essentially a contact management system, an online contact management system. And, uh, they have a business consortium with other brands like MailChimp is one of them. There's all these, B2B small business support ASP solutions that I just used a lot of buzzwords there. Uh, there's a lot of online B2B small business software service companies on the internet who've come together and created this consortium. Right. And I kind of feel like there's an opportunity for you to own that seasonal, healthy, make your own nourishing food along with other people who have similar uh, a similar perspective on consumption and on lifestyle. Have you ever thought about moving beyond your, I know you've been building your brand for the last five years, but maybe another step for you is a larger kind of a consortium of cross promotion of your brand with others. Yeah, no, definitely. We, and we do get a lot of um, joint venture um, ideas coming across the desk. And one thing that we did a while back, I'm not even sure if they're still around, but there was a foundation. Um, this was back in uh, 04 and 05 when the obesity problem really became front and center. Yeah. There was a group called uh, AmericaOnTheMove.org, and they were tied in with the government. And what they were doing, they came to us and they started to syndicate our content and send it out to their list, which was I think they had over a quarter of a million people. So that was one situation that we did. And uh, for a while there, the Weather Channel, when they had, a pl I think it was called uh, Planet Green, or I, I forget the name of it, but the, the Weather Channel had its own sort of uh, green lifestyle brand. And they were uh, picking up our content and playing it in their video player on their site. And that was a, a great thing. And one of the, one of the ideas that I've had uh, for a couple of years now, and I did contact a few um, 
a few folks about it was the newspaper business. Look at look at how newspapers, uh, the ones that are making it, um, generally have a really good online presence, and, and all the newspapers are going online. And the reason they're going online is because they can't afford all of the costs associated with, you know, the, the paper side of things. So they're hungry for content. And my thought was, why don't I make a deal with like a McClatchy or, or a major newspaper company that would um, syndicate harvest eating content? And because we do stuff, you know, every single month that's new, every single week that's new throughout the whole year, they could really engage people and have their readers coming back to that newspaper website to get new content and recipes, and there'd be a million ways that they could uh, get folks to you know sign up on a mailing list, and you get access to the ebook, or you know we'll deliver you once a week a new seasonal uh, video and a recipe. So I thought that would be a tremendous way because there's hundreds and hundreds of um, pretty nice newspaper websites out there, and they're all looking for content. They're all short on money, trying to make it. I'm surprised that more of them haven't come to me and said, you know what, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And I did speak with a few of them, and they loved the idea, but when it came time to, uh, you know, chasing it up the flagpole, you know, something always happened that, that uh, you know, kept it from happening. But I think that would be a tremendous opportunity um, for me, would be getting access to all of those people that are those, reading those type of sites. And yeah. then, um, syndication. You know, so you're looking for syndication opportunities, which makes sense because yeah, you're you're really a, I mean, you're a fabulous chef and educator and entertainer, but you're also a massive content machine. <laughs> chef yeah, I, I like Keith Snow, so. massive content machine. <laughs> yeah, syndication makes sense for you, definitely, and that goes along with your the way you like to think, which is you like to think about I'm getting on multiple platforms, and then you like to syndicate. That's that's a good model for you. You're comfortable with that, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe someone will call me up and, and uh, have a great offer like that. Yeah, well, that, you got to put that stuff out there. That's kind of why I brought it up. Like, what's the next step for you? How do you take yourself even bigger? The work you're doing is amazing. Your cooking style, your, uh, your friendly, approachable. You never make people feel bad if they don't know what this thing is that they've got. You know, what is this thing I'm supposed to cook? And what, how do, do I peel it? You know, it's, it's really good. So I like, uh, I like to brainstorm with you a little bit. I think it's always nice to do that. And marketers, we like to brainstorm about how you can take your brand to the next level, right? That's always an interesting conversation for us. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was just listening last night to some of your um, conversion information uh, about all the ways that you... Oh, you yeah, know, on conversion triggers. You Right, conversion oh, good triggers for you. And, Thank you. and the copywriting and, yeah. and all of the emotional things that go into a purchase. Mm -hmm. And you know, as a as a chef, certainly the the online marketing part of it is is always secondary. As is you know chasing down joint ventures and things like that, because ultimately, um, being in the kitchen, being with the food, making the content is what I really love. But in order to succeed online, you you have to learn about that stuff. And you know, I've slowly learned a lot more. You know, by finding experts like you and others that. Um, you know, that know how to write great copy, that, you know, know how to do a landing page that converts. And I've slowly increased, um, you know, like the quality of the graphics on the website are much better. And um, I've done a lot of things w with social media as well. And those were all, oh, boy, I got to do this Twitter thing. Or, oh, gosh, I've got to do this Facebook thing. But now, um, Facebook, I've got to tell you, that, that has really um, brought it together for me because it 
allowed me to get very close with my fans. I mean, I've got fans that that come and uh, want to take me out to lunch, and we've had fans come up to Asheville, North Carolina, where we live, and uh, take my wife and I out to lunch. And um, we're starting to, to generate really great friendships through social media. So these are things that, while you know, I should be in the kitchen cutting onions and making videos, taking part in some of these marketing efforts, whether it be on my own site or through social media like Facebook and um, you know Twitter and things like that, and YouTube for sure. Uh, it's really enabled, you know, me as a personal brand to really to, to get a foothold out there. And um, the harvest eating thing, like you mentioned earlier, how you guys in California are so lucky um, with the foods. And there's pockets of that. I'm, I live in a pocket of that in, in Asheville, North Carolina. We've got a local food guide, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of family farms. And now the, the supermarkets are starting to buy from them directly, like you can get grass-fed beef from five miles down the road in some of the supermarkets. But there's a lot of the country that just does not, they're not there yet. Like most of the South, Alabama, you know, deep Georgia, um, you know, South Carolina, all these places, they're not um, up on the local foods. They're not interested yet. They're starting to get interested in organics, but it's not pervasive like it is in these certain pockets. So I feel that I've got a lot of work to do to bring these folks into the fold and get them eating uh, more healthfully. And, you know, obviously all of us are interested in doing whatever we can to, to be greener. I mean, for me, it, it drives me nuts when I see people eating asparagus in December that were flown in from Timbuktu. Yeah. Because the cost of that meal is ridiculous, and the quality is just not going to be there because uh, fresh vegetables, they need to be served very, very quickly after being harvested. So the more people I can bring into this using these tools and, you know, starting to learn about landing pages and marketing and autoresponders and all that kind of stuff, Roku channels, <laughs> that's just, uh, you know, that's, I've got to embrace that stuff. And, and a lot of times it's, it takes a lot of effort to be, you know, to want to sit down, uh, nothing uh, against conversion triggers. It's wonderful, but you know, I'd rather be reading a cookbook to get ideas, but I've got to sit and I've got to learn from experts like you so I can bring my brand to the, to the masses. You know, another thing we, we've always thought about was, uh, you know, a TV show on a, on a network. I mean, my brand, Harvest Eating, it is a lifestyle. People get very into it. Definitely. They plan all their meals through, through what I do. They find local farmers. They develop a network of suppliers, and they get really into it. And uh, I'd love to be able to, you know, bring, you know, a whole brand. Like you see what uh, Rachel Ray has done with, you know, a magazine and a TV show. That's something that... You know, I definitely aspire to as far as a bigger, uh, a bigger outlet because I've, I've got a lot of work left in me and I've got a lot of people to reach. And uh, this is the time because people are coming back to the land, so to speak, in they the are. masses. So yeah. uh, it's an exciting time. I think that's true. The green movement, although it uh, fizzled out as a marketing strategy, I think it did leave a permanent positive imprimatur on many of the, the way many of us eat. I'm going to introduce you to the Reader Digest folks because, you know, they own Rachel Ray, too. They produce her magazines and books for her. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Uh, I got to introduce you to my friends at Reader's Digest. Uh, I think oh, you might be, be a good fit for them. <laughs> so I'll do that. You never know cool. where it'll come and how long it'll take, but it could be an opportunity for you. And I, sure. I have to tell you something that's funny, too. You know, we both have children and uh, my daughter has been a vegetarian for a couple of years. That's why I just had red beans and rice with andouille sausage homemade for lunch today mm. as a leftover mm. because uh, I got to cook my kid a lot of rice and beans. But uh, I finally got her to make a deal with me. And that is she will not eat meat outside our home. 
but she will eat the meat that I cook for her because I only buy organic, sustainably raised, you know, sweetly harvested <laughs> animal humane. protein, humanely right. harvested animal protein. And um, since we only eat that in our home, and we, we do the best we can externally as well, but you, you don't always have the control over it. She just eats vegetarian when she's not at home. But boy, the food just tastes so much better when it's, uh, you know, just fresh, great meat, you know, yeah. the beef that we get from Eel River and Humboldt. It's just so tasty. So yeah, the more that people go out and purchase that in their grocery stores and they vote with their dollars to buy quality food from quality purveyors, uh, you know, the better off we'll all be to change the way food is created in our country. No, I agree. And, and I just came back from uh, Europe. I was in uh, France and Italy and, and Switzerland from the 2nd of July through the 17th. I was traveling with the company that provides the stoves that I cook on. They're called Le Conch. It's a French range, Le Conch Ranges. And uh, the owner of the of the U.S. and Canadian distributorship took me uh, to Europe with him, and we traveled all around. And, of course, it's a culinary vacation, but the quality of the food there yeah. is really, uh, it's definitely a step above most of the stuff that we get in the States. And you had mentioned the meats over there. Like in France, they have charlade beef, and it's all grass-fed, and they've yeah. got these amazing chickens. And when you eat these things, they taste like what what you would think they would taste like and then when you look at what is in most of the supermarkets in the state it's all generally factory farm stuff and not only yeah they, they're able to, to feed a lot of people but in my mind the quality of this factory farm stuff is is steadily going down oh, uh, yeah. it doesn't taste like anything um, it's just it tastes it's like horrible. filler. It tastes like filler yeah. now, you know? It, it does. It yeah. does. It tastes like filler. It doesn't taste like beef. And, you know, that's another big part of uh, harvest eating are, are folks that are now starting to, like, on my on Facebook.com forward slash harvest eating, you've got all these folks on there that are gardening and they're, they're you mentioned uh, goats, they're, they're raising goats, yeah. they're Chickens. Uh, getting cows. And, yeah. yeah and, and, I mean, right across the river from where we live, we've got, uh, there's about 12 Angus cows right in the pasture. And nice. We're about to get a Jersey cow. So all this kind of stuff is really percolating. And it's just great for me because I, I love doing it. Well, we love you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Keith Snow. Thank you so much for coming on to Dishy Mix. Thanks for being such a good online friend for so many years. And I love watching the way you just keep growing your business and uh, and your brand. And congratulations on your success and much, much luck continuing it. Well, thank you so much, Susan. It was great to come on. I've been, uh, I've been listening to your show for a long time. I even uh, commented to my wife. Uh, on our way here, I said, oh, boy, you know, I do a lot of interviews with the cookbook and, you know, with the, the podcast uh, that I have, but I don't come across the, the masterful interviewers like you. I said, this lady, she can ask some really pointed Digging deep questions. Oh no! Oh, I, I, I was pretty good. I didn't. I didn't hurt you, did I, man? No, no, you, you didn't hurt me. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel really good after this. So, <laughs> I'm so uh, glad. I feel good too. I do appreciate it, Susan. It is really my pleasure. Congratulations on all the success you've had. And again, Chef Keith Snow, HarvestEating.com. You can pretty much find him anywhere, including a Roku, if you got one of those. And uh, 
Go head on to Dishy Mix fan page and see if you can get that lifetime premium membership. I know you'll love it. I'm your host, Susan Bratton. I hope you enjoyed this very different twist to a Dishy Mix. It's all about the brands, isn't it? Have a great day, and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Go eat something yummy, seasonal, fresh, and local. Bye. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.